0: Hello and welcome everybody. My name is Amber Winston and welcome to the Return of Ritual Online Show. I am very honored and excited um, about the guests that we have joining us today. We have Brandon Knight. So welcome Brandon to the Return of Ritual Online Show.
1: Hi, nice to meet everybody.
0: Yeah, great. So I wanted to start by just giving a little bit of background on one, why I decided to launch the Return of Ritual Online Show And then two, how I discovered Brandon, all of the incredible work that he is doing. Um, So I fundamentally believe that sacred rituals and ceremonies have been the cornerstone of cultures and civilizations for millennia. And I feel that in our modern Western society, they've kind of lost their foothold. Um, And so it's really my mission and my curiosity really that sparked this project to try and bring sacred rituals back into our society. Um, so that's really why I started this online show. How I discovered Brandon was really quite magical. I had done an interview with Maya, which you would have probably already heard by this point. Um, and I was looking on her website, and she's the author of The Crystallary, The Bestiary*. Um, she's fantastic. And she was going to be speaking at the Modern Mystic Shop in Atlanta, Georgia. So I'm like, ooh, that sounds interesting. So I get online and I look and I see this amazing crystal shop resource center, um, uh, just a lot of energy coming off of this website. And so I I researched and funnily enough, I ended up having a business trip to Atlanta, Georgia, And I was actually able to go into the Modern Mystic shop and shop around, and I bought a few crystals, and I was just completely enamored by the energy of this shop. And so I immediately reached out to Brandon, and Brandon is the co-owner, co-founder of the Modern Mystic shop in Atlanta, Georgia. And so I immediately just wanted to connect with him because I could feel that whatever he's working on is... Exciting, and I wanted to bring it to your guys' attention. So that's how I met Brandon. And Brandon, we're so honored and happy to have you on the show today. Um, I want to dive right in. So, the first question I like to ask people is a little bit of an icebreaker, but it's kind of a fun question. What is your sign?
1: I'm a Cancer.
0: You're a Cancer. Do you uh, resonate with that sign?
1: Yeah, I believe it fits me pretty well. Uh, it's, it's interesting. I have an Aries moon. So, you know, I kind of draped that over myself. So it's, uh, it's an interesting combination. Um, So it's, uh, you know, with a, a, I think a Virgo rising. So I have a lot Mm -hmm. of uh, things going on there, but yeah, it's interesting. It's interesting being a Cancer with an Aries moon, I have to say you know, yeah. it, it's almost like bringing war to the inner mother, you know, in a way Aries moon, right. It's a very, and I, you know, the cancer sign represents the inner mother. And so it's a very interesting thing to, to walk around with that.
0: That is, how do you see that kind of showing up in your life? Do you kind of feel, do you feel that happening?
1: Oh yeah. I definitely feel my Aries moon, you know, the, the, the emotionality of, of the moment, right. Um, mm-hmm. a, a lot of courage, you know, I've mm-hmm. I've utilized that Aries moon to its nth degree. You know, um, I've really right. dived really deep with a lot of people that can take you really deep into transformation work over the mm-hmm. years, and I don't think I would have done that without a little bit of uh, a, a prominence of the Aries in there. You know, Cancer's kind of gravitate toward healing work anyway because uh, yep. they can navigate the emotional roller coaster that it is, but it's um it the the Aries moon allowed me to go deeper than what I would have had just like a, a very soft watery sign through and through. So it mm-hmm. was, it was interesting. it's been, it's been an interesting ride.
0: I always love asking people that question. Cause it just, it's just, I love astrology. And I've always, um, I think when I was nine, I, I did my own astrology chart for the very first time. And it's just so interesting to see people doing amazing work. Like what are the signs and what are their natural gifts and what are they using to, kind of make a difference in the world. So thank you for entertaining the first fun um, question. Um, the next question that I have is I'd like to first start by understanding a little bit of your personal ritual practices. And then I want to kind of shift gears later and talk more about this transformational work that you're really pioneering. Um, so the, this next question is, can you just walk us through your ideal morning or evening ritual? What does that look like for you?
1: Well, Morning and evening rituals are different for me because timing has a lot to do with the way that, that I engage in ritual. Um, uh, I believe that timing has a lot to do with the way that you can direct energy, right? Just like um, uh, the, the directions uh, that, that we have, north, south, east, and west has a really good way of vectoring energy. It's the reason why a lot of uh, people have used ritual since, I mean, 50,000 years now. Uh, we kind of discovered that, hey, you know, if I face east and I do this thing, then something happens. It's pretty cool. But if I face west, it's different. And so it's, it's a very interesting thing that our, our spiritual cosmology and our ancestors built upon and started discovering through experiences and, and through an innate knowing of, of the world around them that they started to uncover these things. And so just like the, the directions, I think timing has a lot to do with how you can vector energy at a certain point in time and make it do a certain thing. Um, so in the morning, I typically, um, have a lot of, I work in, I work a lot with, uh, the tree of life and Kabbalistic understandings of the Sephiroth and the off right? And so those, those understandings, uh, I have, uh, a, a very, a Nordic kind of Irish background and it appeals to my bloodline and my nature to get into, in touch and, and in tune with the energies and the deific masks that that cover things like the void and what it means to reach for love above the void. And you know, those concepts. And, uh, so I, I get in touch with things that are from the cliff off and the Sephra. And for those listeners that don't know the cliff off, this kind of represents the chaotic part of the tree of life. And the Sephiroth represents the order part of the tree of life. Right. And supposedly the tree of life is just a description of the basis of the very being of reality. So we can, go, we can jump off that diving board if you want to, but that's, that's what it is. It's just a description of the energies that guide the entire universe as we can understand it as human beings. And so mm-hmm. there are actual realms of energy that exist. And as a person of ritual, if you really get into to magic and magic order, you can start to kind of play with that and start to exist in those realms while you're existing in this realm as well. And they open up opportunities for growth and lessons and things like that. So I typically start off my day getting in touch with some of the um, entities and deities from the cliff off mm-hmm. right? the chaos, because from chaos you can create order. But if you just have order, it's hard to create chaos from that. That's kind of an old structural thing that we can get into if you like. But I start off the day, you know, bringing in like, you know, yes, the acceptance of moving through my, my darker images and whatnot, and then going into it at night with a sense of order and setting a tone for the day and, and, and rest and uh mm. clear. and so that's kind of how how i work it my my nighttime rituals are reserved for usually punchy or powerful rituals because the veil is thinner then and i can get in contact really well and i can start to draw in and draw down different energies for different purposes then and so um you can have better experiences in ritual that way uh depending on when you do them but the liminal times between uh, when the sun sets, when it rises, but also that little time mm-hmm. between three o'clock and four o'clock, what they call the witching hour is a very, very magical and astute time. Um, but mm-hmm. yeah, so that that's how I do my rituals morning and night. I get in touch with the chaos of, of my life first, do a little bit of shadow work, which seems backwards, but it, it isn't because you actually create from that space. And then right. going into the light and, and allowing it to, to saturate my being and, and having real connection and contact at night.
0: That's so beautiful. I kind of just envision this little arc of, you know, the chaos in the beginning of the day and then kind of coming back down to the, to the order for somebody who's listening to this, who might not um, be very familiar with the Kabbalah ways or connecting with these deities. What are you actually doing when, when you wake up for your, for your morning ritual? Are you just sitting and connecting with your eyes closed? Like kind of paint us a picture of the actual um, human physical realm, like what are you, what are you doing?
1: So, um, for for me, and I speak about this a lot of my teachings and, and podcasts or whatever. So anybody that's listened to those and is now listening to this, you'll you'll hear this kind of on repeat. But for me, the basis of of uh, of all humankind, where we start, our birthright is connection, right? And so, mm-hmm. in that, I think it's important to do a series of steps that truly make you go through gateways and connect. To energies, to deities, however you want to call these things, uh, inner reflections that are out that become outward manifestations, however you want to classify these these experiences, but I believe that connection is is the the most important thing. And so, in order to connect properly, I, I believe that if I have time, oftentimes what I'll do is I'll do um, a, a spiritual bath first thing in the morning. Um, that isn't always necessary and that doesn't always get done. But if I can accomplish, if I can wake up early enough and, and I have the day ahead of me that that's scheduled out enough doing a spiritual bath is, is really, really interesting. Um, I don't do it every morning, but the mornings that I do it, I can tell a definite difference in the way the energy comes and how it flows and how I'm able to sense it, how I'm able to connect Mm -hmm. with it. Um, Mm -hmm. but a spiritual bath is really important. I, you know, People don't understand we don't really get what we carry with us. There's so many things that collect in the auric field and the orc nature and into the, the chakra systems. You need to cleanse the chakras every single day. The chakras yep. are vortexes that just suck energy in all the time. And, and there's all kinds of mm-hmm. you're very vulnerable there. Let's just say that. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. It's really important to cleanse everything on a daily basis. In particular, people that yep. don't work people that hold space Mm -hmm. for other people people that get in front of other people and speak or or like even people that are running podcasts like this you need to be cleansing on a daily basis because you are transmuting a lot of projective stuff from other people Mm -hmm. and um, you're physically in their space especially you need to be doing something on a daily basis or at the very least a weekly basis in order to really work this stuff out of your system and your frame but I do that first and then I go into the morning and I um I do a a cleansing of my space and then I open circle with, uh, for those who don't know, opening circle is just creating a nice container for the energy Mm -hmm. you're about to create. And so you can amplify it and experience it more and direct it better. Um, And so that's what I do. First thing Uh, I open circle and I put um, specific deities that represent the different elements in each and every single direction. Right. Mm -hmm. And so they anchor that for me. And then I uh, go, in. essentially, it's, um, it's almost like a, i give and take in the morning of praise and raising energy. Well, at the mm-hmm. same time that, that praise is not a groveling, you know, I don't believe in that. I don't believe in well, i my going head to the point where my nose hits the floor, you know, or anything like that. I, I think that there's times for that movement. And I think it's very sacred. Mm-hmm. And as long as it creates a rich, Sacredness into being, I think that that's really great. And it's part of some cultures to do it anyway. But for me mm-hmm. personally, uh, speaking of my own experience, the whole point of ritual, the whole point of bringing that back into, into play in humankind. And since, incidentally, it's funny that, you know, what, what your purpose is, it's also my purpose, too, is to bring ritual back into, you know, special awareness and people's understanding because I believe mm-hmm. a very, very ancient archetypal part of, of human beings. And since we've left that out, we're missing a lot of our connection. Yeah of our heart, what we can do to transform the world around us. Right? There's a lot missing anyway. Um, so Mm -hmm. in that, um, I I open up and then I I open up a space where energy can start to flow back and forth because praise was never meant to be something that that brings you out of your Godhood. So like, oh, this thing is so much bigger than me. I just have to give everything to it. That's, that's not the concept. The concept is that it's an energy exchange. And when you start to anchor a certain energy with fervency, in ritual, right, with what you're doing, then you're creating more energy that you can feel and experience and pull through you, right? And then you get into mm-hmm. what is known as a Kabbalistic understanding of the law of forms. When you call in energy and you start to create energy, co-create with these deities and these energies that have been around for a long time that are part of humankind's existence, when you start to do that, then you can become more like them. So mm-hmm. you start to take on the, the quality of the essence of the energy. It's a very interesting process, but you start to claim your godhood the more you do that. Every day that you can do ritual like that where there's an energy exchange and the deity's energy actually shows up in the ritual room, you can feel it. You don't have to see anything, but if you can feel the energy that you're co-creating mm-hmm. with a mask and you raise it to a fervency where the, the room is full of it, right, and you can almost like play with it, then you start to become like that. You start to become like that deity. And wow. so that, that's what they refer to in the Kabbalah. as like the law of forms. It's one of the things that, that we utilize in yeah. ritual like that. And so you're changing form, right? From your current right. state into more of a deific state. And so that's... I find this
0: so fascinating um, yeah. because I, I'm not very familiar with the Kabbalic um, traditions. And, but I'm, I'm hearing a lot of the similar things because in the shamanic um, studies that I've done with the... The shamans of the high andes mountains in peru you know we we have the directions and we have deities in each of those directions but i've never actually had somebody explain that by calling upon them you you can actually call in their energy into you and start to to recognize your i think you're saying god form of yourself through that deity and then take on some of their um their characteristics of their traits. is that what i'm hearing
1: that's exactly right and in fact It's automatic. That's why doing ritual over and over again is so beneficial, but it's much more powerful if you're aware of the process and you start to Mm. command it. Right. You start to command how you start to form, like you, you start to like almost physically open up your heart space. Right, and open up the, the you know different centers, and you start to feel them take form, and you start to become more upgraded, more like the energy that's around you, and you can even imagine it coming into you and out of you. Like there's there's so many different ways you can play with it, you know. That that I direct my clients to here in Atlanta, it's a very interesting mm-hmm. process of un, of unfolding when you start to become you know the deity of your own life, and you start to have more more spiritual command, more spiritual authority.
0: Yeah.
1: Right. The the whole the whole idea of A spiritual authority, a spiritual command. You know, what does that even mean? Western society has no clue what what a culture for that looks like or what it is because we've lost ritual, right? But if you get into ritual and you start playing with these energies and you start really developing good relationships with them, and then you start becoming like them, you start to feel this sense of true command true spiritual authority. And then what that does is it reflects in your relationships, it reflects in how you can earn money, it reflects in the lessons that you learn in physical reality. And you also are a lot more likely to step outside of like the nine to five bubble where you just go to work, have the same relationship over and over again, and then go to sleep at night. Mm -hmm. You break up every five years or you get broke every two years. and You wonder what's my life, (laughs) you know, because you're not doing anything truly willful with spiritual command. Right? You aren't stepping out and saying, no, I can feel it. This is my direction right here. You know, like okay. you dial in. Ritual yeah. allows you that. It, it it amplifies that tool that we all are born with. It amplifies mm-hmm. it over and over again the more you do it. And so then it's mm-hmm. time to break out of those patterns, and it's time to break out and have command and have authority and say, no boundaries. It's time I'm going this way. This is the direction that I need to go as far as my career or as far as my relationships or whatever. I can feel it. I can sense it. I've been building my inner command from a spiritual perspective. And I also feel the inner authority of the divine mother, right? That I've been amplifying, Mm -hmm. sensing in the interview space over and over again every day. Right. And sensing Mm -hmm. into myself. And that's a divine inner feminine movement instead of going Mm -hmm. outwards. What am I doing today? You know, how about who am I today? How can I yeah. spend the energy in myself today? How can I sense into my being more? How do I expand that and devote command over it? See, ritual can mm-hmm. guide you there, but it has to be a real ritual. It isn't like, you know, saying a rhyme on the full moon or, you know, just mm-hmm. And meditation is a big part of my ritual. I meditate mm-hmm. 20 minutes mm-hmm. minimum every time before I start a ritual. So I'm not downing meditation. I'm not downing the meaningful things that I might, I might be alluding a little bit to wicker or whatever that some people do on a full moon with, that rhymes and whatnot. There are plenty of spells out there that are highly effective that rhyme. But I am saying the most important thing is training to truly sensitive into the energy. And if that's true, then you have to learn how to call the energy in in a ritual, right, with determination, mm-hmm. With a sense of authority. And if you can practice that every day, you'll become a much more powerful person in your life. It gives you a humongous leg up. So that's how I start my my day. I start my day in command. Start my day playing with energy, lifting into it.
0: I I love this and I find this so inspiring. And I'm and I'm thinking about, okay for you, what are those deities that you have been really working with and cultivating for you in your own life that have allowed you to, because I really feel that you have that command, you have that authority, you know, which direction is right for you. And I'm thinking about listeners who might be listening to this that are, are, are not, they're lost. They can't find that purpose or that direction. And so can you share maybe like an example of what's one or two deities that you have really connected with that have propelled you forward on your, jo- on your journey of discovering your truth ultimately?
1: Sure. And so I will go into this a little bit, but I, I want to preface it because a lot of your listeners and, and a lot of the people that I encounter are still Christians, right? Just wondering. They're like, what if I like, I have experiences, I have gifts, And the church says nothing about it. The Bible says nothing about it. Can you please help me? Like, I see spirits. Like, I don't, I either don't want to do that anymore or I want more of an experience of that and I want to have some kind of control. Like, please help me. And so people's gifts are waking up everywhere. You know, the crystal generation and generation Z are just like, you know, really breaking out. Millennials have crossed a threshold and a bridge with that. And so it's Mm -hmm. it's one of those things that's happening more and more people bubbling up more. Maybe it's not happening. Uh, happening more, maybe more people just coming out and saying, I'm having yeah. these experiences, you know? And so the the thing that I want to point out to your listeners is that um, when it comes to deities and deific masks, I, I, when I refer to deific masks, what I mean is there are plenty of, like, say for instance, um, one of the energies out there that, that can represent all kinds of different things, right? It's Kali, like the energy of Kali. Yeah. Kali yep. is is um, goddess of transformation, but also goddess of the void, goddess of time, goddess of death, right? And so if you want to transform your life, you want to wake up a little bit, colleagues, I mean, but here's the thing, she'll dismantle, you know, some structures. And so if she comes in and realizes, hey, there's bullshit around your job, you know, or there is you know, this, this relationship over here has some untruth here, here, and here, and you're not here. It's just going to blow up in th- three months. You're going to broken hearted. It's not going to be good for your transformation work. Let's do something about that. Like she will completely like start to put things in there that kind of blow up the structures you have. So if you call in, call e, just know, you know, like, you're not going to remain the same. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, she's going to change if you really call her in with straight up intent. The thing is yeah. though. That energy of Kali can show up as other deep masks too. Like, say, for instance, if you were a black magician um, and you were into the Cliffhotic Spheres and Chaotic Energies and you worked a lot with your shadow, K- um, K- uh, Kali can show up as a Badden, right? Which is the Lord of the Abyss, right? So, mm. uh, so, a lot of these energies can show up as other energies. Right, and a lot of times it isn't just bad energy, and that's why the concept that all demons are bad is is not true at all. In mm-hmm. fact, many many priests, you know, of their time would have considered most of the shamanic spirits demons. Right, yeah. um, and so and they technically they are. If you want to look at the word daemon, the word daemon is uh, like its its um, its etymology is guardian of the land. Right. And so these spirits, they don't represent at all what the church has told you. Okay. People that are listening to this podcast, the church knows nothing of the spirit realm. They only know their own experience and what they call the spirit of Christ. And they barely know what that is or how it works or how it really unfolds. I know I'm a preacher's kid. I came from that background. And so I know a Mm. lot of us. In fact, I was even a preacher at one point. And so I know a lot of what I'm talking about there when I call out the Mm -hmm. deities that I work with and you go and Google them, you'd be like, Oh my God, you know, you're going to have this reaction if you're really Christian, but just know that they aren't at all what you think they are. And you haven't been taught. And I would like to say this too. The deities that I work with are of the the shadow realm and of a shadow nature. So what that means is I get to work with that part of me and have acceptance around it so that I can have more light in my life yeah and so that's Absolutely. how it's supposed to work It's supposed to bridge the gap between these two it, it, it's a fallacy to think that angels are any more quote unquote good than a demon would be in fact i've i 've done work with demons where I feel a lot more comfortable with them than I have angels, and the difference mm-hmm. for everybody to know that that's listening to the podcast is demons are like mankind's second cousin or first cousin. they relate greatly to our experience because they're actually born of it demons. Were more than likely most demons were born of our chaos. So we would have a big war for instance, and then a few gods or demons, right. Would, would be born of that. Cause when a person dies, you know, or is even bleeding, there's a lot of energy released there. And if it's all done in a way that has will behind it, like war, the, the will is to the intent is to kill everybody in front of you. Then there's going to be some spirits born of that same way with like, wow. Um, mass rape, or you know, any of these. Like, there's going to be spirits born of these. The thing is that they have to mm-hmm. evolve over time before they stop being like, or have the choice to not be like what they were born of. Okay, mm. so that's how yep. that is. So the quote-unquote demons, like say, for instance, Lucifer. Lucifer's considered, mm-hmm. you know, Lucifer always brings up all this iconic imagery, right? Devil with a pitchfork and all that good stuff. The problem is he's nothing like that at all um, in his true form, and he was. He, he was born, obviously, of our chaos, so he can readily relate to humankind. So when you go to him, right, if you were to really work with him without a lot of, a lot of the uh, Christian upbringing that a lot of us have in the West, if you really were to work with him, like, a, say, for instance, somewhat a clean slate, then you would find out that he has a lot of things to teach us. He's a, a demon of high intelligence, right? Mm. And that's why he's called the light bearer. He brings light to our mind. Right. Yeah. He teaches infernal tongues and things like that that can open up gateways and interviews for our transformation, for our evolution. That's what he's about. Yeah. That's what all the spirits that are in the cliff on, cliff off. Right. Or the Sephiroth cliff off and all these realms and everything like that, the spirit realm, the astral plan in general. That's all the big names like Lucifer and Bilal and, and Archangel Michael and, you know, all these all these big names that you hear they're every single one, the only thing that they're really concerned with is our transformation as human beings and our protection. And the the demons that I name off, they have evolved past the chaos that they were born from, so they're able to transmute it now. So when you bring, say for instance, a demon of war, the loss and the hurt and the the amazing uh, grief that comes from uh, losing a loved one in a war, Right. Mm. He's going to be able to relate to you and understand and immediately come to your aid in a sense of of being able to, to do something like that. Um, demons of death can do that very readily, like um Urenimos and things like that. They're very, very comforting in times of death because they understand that they've been around it so much. It makes sense. Right. Angels it will makes able, total sense. Angels would be a lot more removed from it. And so their reaching in would be very occasional and and almost far. That makes sense. But every single time I call on a demon, I can get the energy in the room every single time, you know, and I can work with it and it can pull me forward. Right. And so that's mainly the ones that I work with. That's the Pantheon. I was, I was uh, made a high priest into, um, Mm. my patron is Lucifuge, which is Lucifer's brother. Um, and Lucifer is one of those deific maps that could show up, much like Kali and other ones. He represents all the transformation of energy of humankind, the ability of humankind to transform. He's in the book that Kelly and I just wrote. Some of the rituals that we have in there utilize him, but they also utilize Archangel Michael, you know, across boundaries. And the reason why is because they all come from the same place as far as the intent, the intent to transform humankind. Know to better being. Because uh, from what I gather, mm-hmm. what I've heard from the spirits that I have contact with, is that we once were very, very, very powerful, immensely commanding spiritual people until we got mm-hmm. subjugated by an energy that's feeding on us. And that's why you have recycling, which would be reincarnation, where we just show up over and over again and get fed on until, you know, it's under the guise of learning lessons. But it's, and don't get me wrong, you learn lessons and you upgrade, but the whole point is yeah. to get the cycle right? Eventually you don't wow. have to come back, right? You can ask the Rinpoches and the, the people that, that are a part of even the thinking of, of a reincarnation. You know, most of them are like, this is my last time. You know, yep. uh, Yogi Bhajan, the guy who brought Kundalini Yoga to the West, he's like, man, this is my last time. You know, mm-hmm. I'm going to teach you guys and I'm out. I'm not coming back anymore. I can feel it. You know, they're like these yeah. new. they reached a point of evolution, right? Where they understood like, oh, I can get out of the cycle. I'm going to you know, and so yeah. that's the point so that you can stop being fed on and you can turn into almost like a guide or a real big helper for mankind and the mm-hmm. transformation of the planet from more of a place of power in that way. If that makes sense. And so, it makes- yeah. Yeah. And so anyway, I don't know if I'm going off in tangents, but that's the spirits that I, that I get into my, my whole pantheon, you know, Belial, um, Leviathan, um, uh, some of these, Oh, uh Lilith, Love Lilith, amazing earth energy. God, she's, Lilith is one of the most fantastic beings to contact for great earthwork, like depth earthwork. Mm-hmm. Like getting in contact with the ancient energy of earth, nothing better than Lilith. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you know, Delipatore, um, goddess or demoness of, of sorcery. You know, the, those those are the kind of people, I mean, kind of people, the kind of spirits and energies and people that I work with on occasion of, of, I, when I first started working, I, I had contact with a few other types of spirits and I had profound experiences with them. They were more moving, like on a level that, that was, you know, out of range of my experiences. Like, wow, that's a great, you know, spiritual experience up here, but what about a spiritual experience that I can integrate in a way that causes transformation and change right here where I'm at with other people. Right. And those were more of the gritty, like, okay, well, let's get down to business and work kind of, you know, low to the earth spirits, you know, that yeah. had the contact, even, even spirits from Palo, like Mama Chola and, and, and those things, you know, those are great spirits to work with here on, on the planet. Um, right. They're phenomenal energies. They're really great.
0: Well, and I think that's such an interesting concept for people to kind of connect those dots. Like, you know, if you are grieving or if you are experiencing something very human and and tragic, I guess people might identify with loss, grief, death, okay. to actually connect with the deity that represents the loss, the grief, the chaos, the death. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that that's not something that people really would think about. They're like, oh, I'm going to connect to the angels and like help me through this. but what better entity or energy to connect to than one that totally gets you. It's like, gotcha. I know exactly what you're going through. I'll be right exactly. there. You know, that's kind of how I was um, c- connecting the dots for myself as I heard you speak about that. Um,
1: it's all about, really powerful. you know, I, I think so much in this, in this work, we get so scared because of our Christian backgrounds in the West of anything that, that transforms or changes too much. You know, let's stay a lot like we were when we were Christians. Let's just call on angels and work with them a lot. You know, and that's, that's great. But you're not going to go into, quote unquote, with a capital G and W, the great work of transforming the self if you just stay there. Because it's so much like your yeah. old training. You're just going to go along a similar road. You know, you need something that actually challenges your fears. You need something that gets you into a deeper part of self and acceptance of the fact that, hey, we're all assholes. Acceptance of the shadow side is like, hey, you know, we, I, uh, Guru Jagat went into this not too long ago. She's one of um, Kelly's, my wife's teachers, and um, she teaches Yoga out west. And she was talking about how the shadow side of the Aquarian age is the charlatan, you know, uh-huh. the, uh, because you have so many so much spiritual teaching now because it's the Aquarian age, right? Information starting to open yeah. up. So the, the faker of the knowledge. Right, and so mm-hmm. the, the problem with that is that people don 't know how to avoid the charlatan or anything else, the shadow side because we don 't have acceptance of our shadow sides, yeah, a murderer lives right. in you know, probably somewhere deep inside a rapist or is somebody who loves mm-hmm. war or any number of things that mm-hmm. lives in all of us there 's nobody that's mm-hmm. that 's outside of the charlatan does too. There are times in my life where i 'm completely fake, you know there are times in my life where mm-hmm. I, you know, I I do a class or a teaching and I had to fake it, to make it, you know, or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, And so admitting that allows you and having acceptance over it allows you to relax around it. You don't have to hide it or put a device like, yeah, I'm I'm a asshole sometimes, you know, you don't have to hide it or put (laughs) it away. It's okay. And in that, what happens is you're able to watch it clearly. And so when yep. it starts to come up, you're like, Oh, I'm about to do a teaching for a lot of people. That's going to check possibly end your lives. That doesn't come up right now. I can recognize mm-hmm. it. Because I have it in me. And I've accepted it. Yep. But if you try to hide it, it sneaks up on you in a way that you can't see it. Makes sense. Yeah. So bringing these yeah, in working with them is paramount. And these, you know, m- most time angels aren't going to do that with you. It'll be these gritty, right so are like, hey, we're ready to work. Let's, we're close to your experience in life. We were born of it. Let's start the, the real work. and in my
0: work it, yeah.
1: Yeah, in my experience, they move you towards your Godhead, toward more inner authority, toward spiritual command, and transformation through those hard times. You know, they know how to transform through it because they did it. You know, they, they mm-hmm. came from the really rough stuff, and now they refine themselves, and they're able to transform and upgrade through it. And so they'll teach you how to do the same. Instead of just, instead of just being a comfort, they can also teach you how to move past it through it. That is the complete span of work, you know, so.
0: mm-hmm. And I think that that brings up such an interesting point um, and something that I like to do with women's circles here in San Diego, which is, we, we explore taking off our masks, right? So what are the masks that we wear? And I can definitely relate being brought up in Southern California, although my parents are British, Um, you know, this need to be the nice girl. Like that was just one of these masks that I wore of like, I'm the nice girl. And through that transformational work of actually recognizing, you know what, I'm going to take that mask off. And I'm actually going to connect to the shadow side of me that's actually really angry and pissed off. And I was like, afraid. I was like, Oh my gosh, there's anger in there deep down somewhere. And it wasn't until I actually was able to really connect to that anger and like see that anger and use that anger and like put it into me like, yeah, man, that's there. Um, I was able to transform and like let that mask go. And it's like, no, Amber's showing up authentically, unapologetically who she is, saying what she needs to say, not dancing around things like maybe she would have done before. And, and I share that because I think that that might be something that if people are new to this, they can maybe kind of connect to that. Like, um, you know, what are the masks that you're wearing that might be preventing you from true transformation? And, and Brandon is really an expert in transformational guidance. You know, I can just feel like so much amazing energy and coaching coming from him, even just in this conversation of like let's just kind of get down to business and figure out, are you on the right path? Where are you going? Let's get you there. You know? And and I feel like so many people are thirsty for that today. Like this is the end of 2019. Everyone's leveling up in 2020. It's like, let's go. So with that, Brandon, how can you, like, what advice would you give to somebody who is like, man, I got to transform. I want to transform. I don't know what to do. Like, what would you say to somebody who's in that place?
1: Well, um, you know, here in Atlanta, I offer a program for that in particular, you know, people that are really hungry that, that want depth, but uh, Mm -hmm. they don't know where to find it, you know? And so I offer a very structured platform for a person's energy to be put out and and in a way that would be willful to show, to to give them experiences, so that the experiences can teach them. I would say Mm -hmm. search for, uh, someone who is a lot more experienced than you in transformation work, and ask them mm-hmm. what kind of experiences do I need to be searching for, and how do I get to them in order for those to teach me? You know, mm. um, I don't know if the term spiritual teacher really exists in the Aquarian Age. You know, you just need people that that have been down the road a lot more than you, and say, "Hey, can you help? Can you help me out?" You know, um, yep. I tell you what I did to change my life was. I just completely fell to my knees and prayed. Um, Mm -hmm. I was uh, I couldn't walk for eight months in 2008, and I had two children from another marriage, and I I was single at the time. And I and because I couldn't walk, I was at my parents' house where they could lift me to the bathroom and back. I was in a car accident. It was Mm -hmm. a very humiliating but very humbling time of my life, and. Very searching. I meditated for three hours in bed. Did my own routine to, to get my back straight and everything like that. And saw a chiropractor. But got out of that. But I went straight into doing shamanic work in the Amazon. Right. I mean, I walked on a cane into the Amazon. Right after that. Yeah. I went In 2009, the summer of 2009, to to never have that done again because I knew from the work that I'd done on myself up until that point that my beliefs create my life. Right. So my belief structures uh, create my life. And so in that, this is what I would do if I was just starting out in this and prayer is a way of reaching beyond your beliefs. Okay. Mm -hmm. You don't even have to pray to a God. You just pray out loud. Just pray right to spirit, to, to the, the connection that we all have together as human beings, the subconscious community that is all around us all the time to your ancestors. I don't care who you pray to. You can pray to the universe. It doesn't matter, but you need to pray with fervency and you need to pray with desire like the, this amount of like, you know, um, it's just like when people say, Hey, I'd like to make more money. Really? You didn't sound like it. Like you need to show <laughs> up like, man, I'm ready to make money. I want to know how, yeah. you know, what are the next steps? Like I'm ready, you know, like let's do this. I'm going to find a way to make money. Well, that's why you need to pray about transformation. I mm-hmm. need a way to transform. Give me teachers, give me people that can help me become a better human being with more depth, more richness, more authority. So I can help transform the world in a way that actually has impact, that moves the needle. You know, It's great to volunteer. It's great to be a part of nonprofit organizations and all that great stuff. You know, The problem with that is a lot of people do it though, unguided. And what I mean by that is mm. not guided by someone outside of yourself, but guided by your inner. Right, because no one knows how to train up their inner. There isn't a culture for it. We don't do ritual daily basis, or we don't have a spiritual practice that really does that in the States. So now we just willy nilly, like, I've got to get involved. I've got to go out here and pick up trash. Do something. Yeah, Yeah. do something. I got to go do something. And that kind of enthusiasm is great. The problem is, without it being guided by your inner, you're just going to be spinning your wheels on what real transformation is, and you'll miss out on years worth of truly having impact on a wide scale that you could have developed at a young age. It makes sense. And so so the first thing I would do is pray for guidance. Guidance is everything. Where can I have the most impact? Guide me there. Guide me to the people that are going to break me down. Like I need what, I mean, for, for 10 years, I had little Argentinian ladies, you know, that, that were experts in depth psychology work and get therapy who were psychic as hell. Could see you coming from a mile away. Just, you know, you show up for a depth workshop weekend with them and they'd be like, Okay, well, this over here is mother, this over here is your dad. You know, this, this is yeah. really weak and small, so we're going to get stalled all of that for 14 hours straight for a few days and get you more toward like an alignment with who you really are, your good reference point. I did 10 years with wow. it, I became a mentor in it. And so it's, it's one of those things mm-hmm. where you've got to find people who can guide you through experiences that really break you open, that really get to the heart of what it means to grow into a good spiritual adult. But emotional intelligence, that's a hard feat. That's not easy. There's no culture yeah. for it, no language for it out here in common tongue. It's its very hard to find. And so what I often do is um, if you're in the midst of those prayers, I can tell you a safe place to start is to start with either somatic therapy, like somebody who knows how to not, not a friend down the road that just got certified. I'm talking about somebody who's experienced and knows what the fuck they're talking about and can really take mm-hmm. you places. Hold that space for you in a depth manner and let you just ball when you hit the right set of intake and outtake breaths. You need a good somatic therapist or a good gestalt therapist, right? Talk okay. therapy is mm-hmm. great. You know, it's fine, but you aren't going to move the energy with talk therapy no. most of the time. You've got to move the energy. And you know, I mean, from, from mm-hmm. being demonic, moving the energy is everything and so if you don't move the energy you're not moving the needle at all and so what you want to do is start there because what will happen is if you go into ritual you start going into shamanic developments and things like that whatever spiritual that you're choosing you're going to start to feel your own power in a very real way you're going to start to feel power in a way you're going to start to to move through things in a very serious way if you're doing it right and what we'll do is it'll create dissonance inside because you start to feel all this power and amazingness that you are but what is exposed in its wake with all the ways that you were treated in which you weren't. Makes sense? Mm. So that creates a big mm. chasm. And in your life, you'll, you're going to want to deal with that. So you're going to need to get stall therapists and therapists on speed dial saying, hey, I need an appointment. You know, as soon as I can get it, I just did a big movement, brought up all kinds of shit. I need to workshop the stuff and integrate it. Don't run and hide from it. Yeah. Don't turn your back on right. it. You prayed for this. You know? Work like, it through, yeah. You got to go through the fire, not around it or, or pretend like it's not there or whatever. You have to walk right through it in order to truly transform right. through it. Otherwise, you're not going to transform. Mm. You'll just completely, it will be this, this constant cycle that you're on like a hamster wheel over and over again. And the same patterns repeat. Your life will be the same. You're like, why is this? I meditate every day. Well, did you see Gestalt Therapist, Somatic Therapist, at least twice a month for starting out in this work? Nope. Well, you got to go deal with that stuff, man. You got to really uproot it. You got to have somebody that can poke the buttons and push you and prod you, you know, because yeah. change is not easy. Transformation is hard. And so there's a lot right. of conscious fears there you're going to have to deal with and push through, make it a priority. If you have to skip a bill, skip a bill. I did a lot of work because I knew it was the right. only way to, to move forward and to actually get rich, right? Or to actually make survival not even a question was to improve mm-hmm. myself to the point where my value radiated and then I could draw it the way I wanted to. You know what I'm saying? And so those focuses, the focus is to pray your ass off for great, Mm -hmm. great experiential performances, um, not performance, great experiential interactions that take you deeper into the self and allow you to thin slice. I like the, the, the phrase thin slice is actually a book about it, but allow you to thin slice your moments and you have more awareness so where you can bring up the watcher what what buddhists like to call the watcher the third person and say hey Brandon, you're thinking that way in front of this woman isn't that interesting i wonder why that is you know why is she bringing up your stuff or you're thinking this way in front of this man wow it's interesting i wonder what that mm-hmm. is instead of saying mm-hmm. "Brandon, you don't need to be thinking that stuff you're so spiritual you know you need an objective right. person inside that's non judgmental. you need to develop that person you know, as yes. a of, of moving through this stuff. And so pray and develop the third person. Those are the two things I would recommend you do and search for teachers as if your life depended on it. Um, one of the best books you can start out reading in, in, that, uh, that starts to cover a little bit of, of the thought train that a lot of my teachers have had is Diamond Heart, book one. Diamond Heart is an excellent, excellent book that starts to talk about a lot of that stuff um, and, and the way that, that we operate from you know, an emotional intelligence perspective. Um, And of course the four agreements is always, I mean, it kind of encapsulates, right. The thing is just dissecting those agreements, you know, into a daily life where you can integrate it. That's the hard thing. Yeah, absolutely. So, so those are good books to start off with diamond heart book one, the four agreements. Those are fantastic. They start to introduce you to the concepts um, that we're talking about here. And then after you have some, some sea legs with all that, Um, I would also recommend that during that process, I didn't mention this, but Kundalini yoga or some type of yoga that Mm -hmm. that allows your, and trains the body and the nervous system, how to deal with energy, right. And how to allow to move through the body, but also how to allow yourself to sense it and to interact with it in your environment. Yoga is perfect for that. You've got Mm -hmm. to have some kind of physical movement that teaches the body that. So do that. It'll improve everything. It'll improve your therapy. It'll improve, you know, your prayers, your transformation, the way you can be sense to the body and find the right teacher, you know, and know that they're not a charlatan themselves, right? sense sensitive to them mm-hmm. like, ah, oh, feels good. No, nope, that don't feel good. You know, like use the body as your main antenna. Right. You know, for yeah. this work. So get into that. I'd recommend yoga. I'd recommend somatic or Gestalt therapy, and um, and start getting into a, a spiritual practice of some kind that moves the needle. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. yoga can kind of bridge the gap until you find out what's your bag between just being plain yoga and being a spiritual practice it almost is both the same thing it can really open up right. doors in your lives it can it it, it uh, fortifies the nervous system so that you can handle your trauma better and bring it out better you have more strength and, and it strengthens the work field and the chakra systems to no end really phenomenal stuff um so mm. you can start there if you like you just go and see it's all therapists or somatic therapists just to begin. if you just want to jump in healing yoga, gestalt therapy, somatic therapy. If you want to get into ritual, that's going to be the real upgrade time as far as a solo practice is concerned, you know, so.
0: 100%. These are some really great tips. I, I really appreciate you sharing those. I think that to have something tangible to walk away from this conversation with really excites people. And I think that that's going to be just uh, amazing for people who are, interested in this and want to learn more and feel like they're stepping onto the pathway and they just need to kind of create the support system to really transform and to thrive so thank you for sharing those Um, I think my last question would be just kind of an open an open question because I feel often during these conversations um spirit often takes over and and there's different messages that want to come through and so if there's anything else Brandon that you have that's kind of on your heart at the moment that you just want to offer um, I think we'll just leave it at that. Like, is there anything else on your heart that you want to share today?
1: Um, you know i I believe um, that the most important message that I could give anyone is um, the message of connection right mm. the The problem is that we don't understand what that is you know, in our society we don't understand what real connection looks like real connection between beings real connection between ourselves and the world around us real connection to between ourselves and the astral plane uh I, yeah. the, the astral plane being you know all that involves and engages the energies of spirit um that we create you know we're constantly constantly engaging the spiritual world by the way everybody's listening um the difference between people who do ritual and do not is that people who do ritual consciously engage the astral while everybody else unconsciously engages the astral, right. Or the spiritual realm. And so that's where people who do ritual have a real leg up in life. Um, Mm -hmm. I would say that the main thing that the, when I say connection, um, what I'm I'm referring to is really getting to the point to where um, you move through your desires, right? I want the new car. Or I want the new life, the new wife, the new husband, the new whatever it may be, the new spouse. Um, I, I, want, I want all these things. There's very few people in, in spiritual practice that talk about working through desire. I recommend that you start a practice that begins to work through your desire. Go through your desires and your goals. Start hitting those, right? And start satisfying those. And eventually what you'll come to is that nothing's more important than actually connecting to the actual realm or the, or the, the space of spirit. That will fulfill you more than anything else because it's our actual birthright. Our actual birthright was to connect with all these things and our desires to get to the point where we understand from a very basic level that our connection to spirit and the spirit world and our engagement with that energy and bringing it through and transmuting it in a way that opens up our physical world differently is the birthright of humankind. We are transformers. We are the, the ones that push the buttons. There aren't any other button pushers really on, in this realm, right? And what I mean by that is nothing else is going to cause a creation uh, or a, a chaos event where a chain of things just unfolds in a way that transforms everything around it for the better, unless it's going to be a human being. You know, animals right. exist here, you know, um, and they interact with our, with our process around that, but they don't do it. We are the only ones who can do it. And Mm so uh, I would say fight with everything that you have to have a greater connection to self, to have a greater connection to this world and search for systems and experiences that guide you to that. Now I want to point out that that is not an easy process because we are trained out of connection at a very young age. So what you're up against is a very patriarchal way of thinking and being and doing. So the first thing that people ask you when you're born is what are you going to be? Right. What are you going to do with your life? You're going to be a doctor. You're going to be this. And they, they predefined everything. Right. So that goes into the other book that I'd recommend everybody read journey to Islam, where he starts talking about, you know, the, the wave of interpretation that we're all born into. Right. And become a member to a certain type of thinking when you're stuck there, all of us are stuck in ways of thinking that are not connection. Because okay. if you were born and then people said, Hey, why don't you find out who you are? Then we'll talk about supporting you and what you can be. Right. See, you weren't taught in the connection of self. That shows you right there. We aren't talking to the divine feminine way of being inward first and then outward. So you got to give the divine feminine command. You got to give it authority so that when you feel a way that you need to go, you actually follow it as opposed to shrug it off. Because the patriarchal side of you is so strong in this society, we shrug off all those little hints because we don't know how to amplify that and follow it. So you're going to have to get yourself into a culture. And train yourself into a culture, a way of being where you sense into the self constantly, where it's the natural state of being. And being patriarchal is just the secondary command. No less valuable, yeah. it's just the secondary command, right, mm-hmm. as opposed a person, person we go to. So I'd yep. say fight with all your life to get to that point where you can heal yourself in clarity. And your intuition, every time it pops off, you can hear it, you can feel it, you can sense it, and you're connected to yourself fully. You know, in that way, that's a life work mm-hmm. for a lot of people work toward that and then you'll be able to connect with others so much better resource yourself very well and uh, have a much better life and claim your birthright as a human being so there you go that, so that's so
0: powerful so powerful yeah. so powerful and so beautiful like i had said earlier so many people are just starved for true connection and i and i really do hope that you know by by sharing this wisdom of Uh, or at least piquing people's interest on how can ritual really help them transform or help them connect to themselves. You know, I feel like so many people live outside of their bodies and aren't really connecting. They don't even know what their intuition is. They can't make decisions. It's like, you know, uh, Now's the time to wake up to that and if if you feel like that's you it's like then I'm glad you're listening to this because it's time to really transform and to use the tools and everything that Brandon has shared with us today you know how do we find those teachers those people that are going to crack us open and and push us forward to really connect more fully to our truth you know that's what this is about that's what this work is about and that's what I'm committed to doing you know and I'm by, by nowhere near perfect, this is going to be a full lifelong journey for me. Um, but I'm just so, I'm so happy to have had you on this, Brandon, because it's just been so beautiful to hear you share your, your wisdom. And, um, thank you for all the work that you're doing too in, in the Atlanta area. What about, um, people who are not in Atlanta? Can they still get in touch with you?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So you can email, uh, if you email the info at modern that goes straight to me. You can also okay. email, email me personally, Brandon at modern mystic shop.com um, I do remote programs too, um, so I train people with all kinds of stuff. Um, and incidentally, uh, I heard you say I was a co-founder, but I'm not. I'm a co-owner. But oh, co-owner, my then, yeah, apologies. I, I wanna I wanna point that out because my wife is the visionary and the founder for the whole store. My wife is this amazing, really dialed. You know, if you wanna have an example of what it means to be dialed in and what you can do with it, she's perfect. Um, she knows exactly what to do with the business next and she doesn't operate it from a patriarchal mindset. She operates it from that drive, but the, the guidance for the whole thing is internal. You know, it's always, well, mm. oh, we need to make that next move. I know it. I know it's right. And we go that way and it happens. Um, but every, all the makers that we have are, are female makers um, or non-binary, underrepresented business owners. That's all we buy from. Um, yeah. So it's a beautiful store and a beautiful mission. It's pretty cool. It's an
0: amazing story. I highly recommend checking it out. And I actually just want to share this before we go, because I felt like this crystal that I bought when I was there in Atlanta, it's a little, it's a Mm selenite circle or sphere, has been working so hard for me. I have been holding this little guy in my palm. Um, at work during difficult conversations in meetings. And just this last week on Wednesday before this interview, I was holding her in my hand at work during a challenging conversation and she broke.
1: Mm, Imagine that. And I,
0: and I just felt like, Oh my gosh, you little baby have been fielding so much energy for me. I'm like, thank you. (laughs) Um, But she literally, she was just in my hand and she just kind of crumbled in my hand. And I was like, what is that telling me? You know, like, the energy here. And that goes back to what you said earlier, which is we need to be clearing our energy every day. Like your chakras are just absorbing all this stuff. You know, I'm, I wear jewelry and I have my crystals in my pockets to help buffer all of that. Um, Because I've realized over time, you know, working in a corporate world for so long, I'm way too empathetic to be working in this environment because I'm just taking it all in. And so if you feel like you're one of those people Check out um, the Modern Mystic shop online. They do, I think, really great shipping costs. Like you can just order it wherever you live. I've ordered several things from there already. Um, and you can start to like armor yourself with your own crystals.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, if you find a good clearing ritual, that's good to do every day. You know, clearing yeah. rituals are really, really amazing. So look those up. I have, once people take my program, I have very specific clearing rituals that they do that reach really deep. And mm-hmm. you can change your life just doing a, a good clearing ritual every day um, because yeah. things start to, start to change. It's, it changes the way you can listen. It changes the way that you show up in authority and command in front of other people. Um, you start to mm-hmm. feel more powerful because the deities that you pull in during a clearing ritual actually exude that authority. So they, they're good at yeah. you know.
0: So, yeah. Cool. Amazing. Amazing. Thank you so much, uh, Brandon. This has been a real honor and a treat. So thank you. Many blessings to you.
1: Yeah. Thank you.